0: Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go.
1: Greetings, all you Rise and Runners. This is Erica from North Dakota, and you're listening to the Rise and Run podcast.
2: Thank you, Erica, for that nice introduction. We appreciate that. Friends, welcome to episode 61 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with Lexi. Hello. With Allie. Hey, friends. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. And with John. Hello, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How you doing? <laughs> I'm uh,
2: very well, my friend. Thank you for asking. Bravo, John. Bravo. <laughs> that I got did. all of it. <laughs> that did. And I, I, I think the listeners get that too. That's pretty cool. Hey, we got a good episode tonight. We, we hope we have good episodes most every night. We got a special one tonight. Our friend Brittany Sharbin back with us. We love speaking with Brittany. We did replay her just a couple of weeks ago and we did it kind of to lead up to tonight's episode. So, uh britney's going to tell us about the uh, world trail and mountain running championships the inaugural event was just held in thailand and she's got a wide range of things she wants to talk about some very very good motivations and thoughts about folks running this in january at uh, walt disney world in our podcast we listen to segment we're going to talk with our friends at the will run for podcast we haven't had them on for a while that's fun our Race Report Spotlight, Jason's going to tell us about the OUC Half Marathon and about running in the footsteps of Forrest Gump. Stay tuned for that. We think you'll enjoy it. Now, we actually we actually have a listener question from the discussion we had last week.
4: Hey, this is Trish. I am curious, what book was Jack reading during her dopey simulation?
2: I wish Jack was here to answer it, but she did tell us what the book was it is a young adult novel called the seller and that's all i know about it (laughs) if you if you want to know more uh hit up jack on instagram or messenger i'm sure she'd be happy to hear from you and i'm sure she'd be happy to tell you more about the seller all i know is you shouldn't listen it you shouldn't listen to it if you're running by yourself in the dark apologies and alibis i have one but it belongs in the race report so i'll save it for the end of the episode friends less than four weeks four weeks from today day of release is the 5k marathon weekend yeah it is and i go back
1: and forth i go back and forth from
2: (sighs) (laughs) i think i think that's pretty natural i think that's pretty normal Um, the only thing I see folks posting on Facebook saying they're terrified, they're frightened, they're scared. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I get it that you're nervous. That's different. You have nothing to be afraid of. It's all going to be okay. In fact, Brittany's going to tell us that in just a little bit, but yeah, nervous is nervous is normal. I'd be a little worried if you weren't nervous about doing all that running. But there's nothing to be scared of out there. It's the, the worst that can happen is you don't make it, and there are a whole lot worse things in this world. So, training on the training calendar for this weekend. If you're running in January, you've got seven miles and a magic mile, seven miles, including the magic mile. It's not seven plus one, total of seven. Princess if you're doing the princess challenge this is actually the first of your double up weekends. You got a 1 mile walk and an 8 mile run or if you're out for the half marathon you've got an 8 mile run. Gang any notes on training for this week? Anything interesting, exciting to talk about?
5: I've been changing my training up a little bit uh to kind of keep some of the pressure off my knee uh my forty-five minutes—I've been using the bike instead, uh, which seems to be working fine. Went out Sunday, did an eight-mile run. Uh, didn't really feel much pain, and the next day I still kind of felt okay. That's good. I'm glad that's, to hear that. That's the positive part, I think.
2: That is. That is. That's good news, John. I am. Uh, I am becoming very adept at aqua jogging. I'm getting. I'm getting really good at it. I'm hitting the pool four or five days a week, uh, but I've got a uh, I've got a road event coming up this weekend. I I don't know much about it. I just yes, I do. Allie <laughs> and I Allie and I are doing a half marathon here. Allie's flying down just to do a half marathon with me.
1: I am. I heard that you were the best person to do a half marathon with. So then yeah. So then yeah. I just flew out.
2: Anybody else want to do that, you're welcome to fly in. I'm available for half marathons in the greater Clearwater St. <laughs> Petersburg area.
1: We've actually done half quite a few half marathons together. We're cracking we them up, yeah.
2: Yeah, we did one in Clearwater a couple years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. We did the yeah. mar- marathon weekend last year.
2: Well, of course Disney, yeah. Yeah. But we've done a couple yeah, this is our second one in this area. this one'll be fun. This one this one goes within about three miles of my house. Which uh <laughs> If yeah, if I make a left turn at a certain point, I can just walk home. The heck with it. The heck with you. The heck with this race. I'm walking home. Well, All everybody
1: right. doesn't know this, but Bob's wife Becky makes some of the best cookies too. So if we get into a cookie emergency, we can just text her. And
2: that's right, Becky bring cookies. That's right. That's right. I I showed her today, Allie. I Becky does not drive much around here. My wife does not like to drive in this area, and that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm happy driving. No worries there. But I took her out and I I drove by. It's really easy. I said, you notice, Becky, that we've made no turns. It's a straight shot from here. <laughs> and I said, this traffic light up here is where we'll be. She goes, is that the parking area over there? I said, yep, that's it. Oh, and by the way, I said, I thought there was a bench. There's a bench. So <laughs> she can sit and wait for us. Nice. Uh, so that's something to look forward to.
5: Hey, Bob, is she going to have wristbands? <laughs> yeah, that's what I should do. I should
2: put her on the bench with wristbands, giving, have them give out to people as, as they go by. That'll be fun. All right, so I'm looking forward to that. That's, uh, that's training for this weekend. Friends, tonight we have one of our all-time favorite guests with us. A, As you will hear, a member of the Team USA World Mountain and Trail Racing Championships. Welcome back to the Rise and Run podcast, Brittany Charbonneau.
1: Guys, we're back. We're back together. Yay! We
6: We
2: are.
1: Reunited and it feels so. Actually, do we have the rights to that song? I don't think so. Cut that that out,
2: Greg. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, we're we're so excited that you're here. Uh, Listeners, just heard you a couple weeks ago. We replayed your initial interview right after you won the Dopey Challenge, and we promised them we'd have you on. In the not too distant future and here we are um Brendan, let's catch up a little bit what you've been up to
6: oh man well gosh what a year um yeah we last chatted was it right did i run lake sonoma 50 right miles after
2: or? right after lake sonoma Yeah. okay
6: so i ran the 50 miler at lake sonoma got a little bit addicted to that distance yeah. um and headed into my trail season um in the um summer. I was over in France racing a little bit um came back to the states and raced at Broken Arrow in Tahoe and got second, which qualified me for the world mountain team um mm-hmm. for the eighty k or fifty mile distance. So I just got back um probably like six weeks ago or so from Thailand, racing in the world championships um at the world mountain running so here I am. I'm in my off-season. I've lost three toenails officially. <laughs> Two Ouch. are hanging on by a thread. Um, but that's um, that's like a really quick snapshot of kind of what's been on my year.
2: Yeah, because I'm thinking you left a couple out there. I've I, I've, I've got some notes. Oh, run, yeah. Run, run through time marathon.
6: Oh, yeah. I did that. I won that. Won, won, won that. Yep.
2: Mo, Moab Red Hot Ultra 55K.
6: Won that and set the course won record. Won that.
2: Won that Pikes Peak?
6: Um, I got second at Pikes. I forgot about Pikes. Yeah, I got second at Pikes. Pikes. Yeah.
2: yeah, is that is? I've heard that's the toughest marathon in the U.S. Pikes Peak.
6: Um, I I don't know. It's it's hard. Um, I don't think it's the hardest because I've, I feel like I've run harder because I feel like all you have to do is run 14 miles uphill and then you just get to run 14 miles downhill. So I feel like I run harder. Like, I feel like broken arrow was much more difficult because okay. you had to climb, come back down, climb, come back down. Um, but I, I mean, it's not easy, but, um, <laughs> I feel like there's maybe harder ones that I've done.
2: Okay. Cool though. That's, that's awesome. Did I leave any out?
6: I don't think so. I think I think that was yeah, it's been a big year.
2: Yeah, it has. So, team USA, congratulations. I know that's a big deal to you.
6: Thanks. It was a huge deal. Um I have seriously been dreaming of team USA since I was a little girl. I used to um be so the 1996 Olympics um were on. I was 8. And I'd never seen Olympics at that time that I remembered and knew what it was. And I remember watching the women's gymnastics team that were, um, they had one gold, Carrie Strug did that like amazing performance, like one legged, um, whole Mm -hmm. thing. And I had never really seen gymnastics before. So right I remember like I would watch gymnastics every day and I would be out in my backyard doing really unsafe janky gymnastics <laughs> on um, like a two by four of wood and like a uh-huh. oh man and my oh, um, floor yeah. exercise routine was to Garth Brooks Friends in Low places which is painfully <laughs> long um, and uh, I was like and I was out there in this like USA swimsuit because that was my gymnastics leotard and um i then so i started doing that and then it became this full-blown junior olympics and so i forced my neighbors to compete with me and they didn't get to be team usa like (laughs) i was Uh... team usa and they were like can we all be on team usa and i was like no i'm i am team usa um So I was a little bit bossy um, and we did this for like three summers in a row. It was a big event. Uh, All of the neighbors came, they got invitations to come watch us do backyard Olympics. Um, So yeah. So I like really from when I was little, that was always a dream and I never ever would have thought number one, that I would have actually made team USA and number two, never in a million years in the 50 mile distance on trail. Yeah. So yeah.
2: yeah. The photos of you, Getting the big box of all the uniforms, opening them up—priceless, priceless. I get it. I, I've never made Team USA, but I've put on uniforms, and I, I'm proud of this. Yeah. I saw it. You know, I looked in your—I I could tell. Thanks. I could tell just looking at the photos, looking at your face. Thanks. It was really cool. And and by the way, Garth Brooks saw him this summer. <gasps> four four weeks. I had knee replacement. Four weeks later, I'm at a Garth Brooks concert. And I said to my wife, oh, golly, I can't hang much longer. I really want to hear friends in low paces, but I can't hang much longer." Next song, boom. So love that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we. I digress. I think it's kind of interesting because in talking with you, I think this whole world mountain and trail running team started has its roots with a collision with a dog.
6: Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So, um, I think we talked about it after we first chatted. Um, so really what led to dopey this year, which can you believe that this was still this year? I can't, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. yeah,
2: absolutely. Yep.
6: My brain can't comprehend like, wait a second. Like dopey was yeah. still this year. That was insane. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I ran dopey last year because, or this year, um, because I got in a collision with a dog on a speed workout Um, Right before the Boston marathon had to um, pull out of the Boston marathon at mile 18 because my back was injured. Um, And that led to, oh, I don't want to do I don't want to give up right now. Like I feel I still have some fitness like I want to but I want to do something fun. I just want to do something kick off my year with like something that I've never done before but that feels so me. And that was, um, dopey. Cause I have run, I had run several races at Disney before. Um, and that's what made me come back to it was like, I, I just had a blast at those races. Yep. Um, and so that led to dopey. And so obviously with the success of dopey, um, I then was, you know, when you, um, finish a race and at first you say, I'm never doing that again. And yeah, then kinda. pretty much right after you then start to dream really big. And then you set these huge goals cause you're riding that high. That's what I did. And I was like, well, I ran 48 miles in four days. I could run 48 miles in one day. And like, <laughs> um, so I rounded up to 50. So I ran the Lake Sonoma 50 Lake mile Sonoma,
2: yeah, right. in the
6: spring, won that. And then, um, qualified for the, um, 50 mile mountain team at broken arrow, but I kind of had thought, like my brain was thinking I could do that. <laughs> I was like, well, I've already run a 50. Like I could run the 50 mile team, which was next level absurd. Um, but yeah, it kind of all just, my theme this year for myself. So every year I write um, intentions for the year and they look different every year. And this year, um, one of my biggest intentions for myself was to throw darts. And so that just meant, just, just try things, just see what sticks. Oh, I got you. Okay. Throw as many darts out there. See what sticks. I like had fun with the different, um, playing with going higher in distance, playing with, um, doing harder mountain running. Like that was definitely out of my comfort zone and just kind of seeing what sticks. Um, and then that's kind of now dictating what's coming up for next year. But, um, yeah. And then, I mean, team USA has been a goal of mine since, I mean, since I was little, but it's been on my, goals since I like had started running competitively and like running professionally has been always a goal of mine. So, um, I'm just like thrilled it all came together and it's been fun to just see the evolution of the year. Um, and I really do think I honored the throw darts. Um, I'm not going to really throw any more 50 mile darts, uh, for a long time, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I'm happy that, you know, happy that I did it for sure.
2: I I think that's, I think that's neat. I, my observation of ultra runners at almost every level is it's like a addictive. seems like once you get a little taste of it, you just have to have a little more and a little harder, yeah, and a little bigger challenge. I think yeah. what I
6: like about the ultra distance and I mean ultra distance, really, we could talk from like marathon up, um, but I think what I like about some of these longer races is there's just a lot more opportunity to improve. I feel like the improvement window um, is gets bigger. Whereas I feel like if you're running a mile, for example, you've got a couple seconds to play with. Whereas like, I feel like some of these longer distances, it gives you minutes to play with, which is fun for me. So, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed being in this like kind of marathon to 50 ish mile distance. Um, just kind of for that reason too.
2: Yeah. Cool. Well, Let's talk a little bit about the championships in Thailand. This is the inaugural event for this world mountain and trail running championships. How'd that go?
6: Oh my God. It was the hardest thing in the whole world. Oh wow. (laughs) It was so hard. Um, It was my, in all honesty, my hardest training cycle I've ever had. Um, I definitely hit probably my lowest lows. It was not in any way a smooth training cycle. Mentally I got really, really low Um, and like, to be honest, like the month leading up to, um, the race, I was, my coach was worried I was going to be dropping out because I was just done. Um, I mean, it had been a big year and I feel like I've been full throttle the whole year. And then now it was culminating in the biggest event of my career so far, Um, and it was in a distance that was scary to me, a course that was scary because of how much elevation gain. So there was 16,000 feet elevation gain. So it was basically like up, down, up, down, up, down with massive climbs. And then throwing in the heat and humidity with, um, Thailand freaked me out.
2: What altitude did you peak at? What was the highest?
6: Um, I, that's a good question. We started at, I think like 1100 feet um starting elevation so i went down an elevation from colorado but um i think our highest was like eight or nine thousand but the, the climbs were just like treacherous; they were just so steep
0: i wanted to follow up on that in terms of the elevation i mean we know you live in denver and obviously mile high city so it's the perfect place for you to train for something like this but were there any other aspects um of your training that you had to accommodate so you could be prepared for the environment of Thailand because you know you talked about heat and humidity obviously you can only you know it only gets so hot in Denver so you know how did you do to accommodate to make sure that you were ultimately prepared for these championships
6: yeah that's a great question cuz that was one of the things that freaked me out the most was Uh, like Denver's dry. And then we were heading into fall. Um, So I tried to do as many um, of my runs in the middle of the day that were hot while I still could, while the, while the temperatures were still hot. So I did that. And then um, we did heat training um, every day. So for the last six weeks, I think maybe five or six weeks um, I sat in the steam room every single day and I increased my time So, um, I had to, I started at 18 minutes and I topped out at 50 minutes because it was 50 miles. Um, and so I sat in this, in the, um, steam room, um, every single day. And like, it was actually, that was actually one of the most beneficial things, not, not necessarily for just the heat aspect, but I just sat in there and meditated. And I feel like my mental game just skyrocketed because, and I found myself using so many techniques that I was using just through meditation in my actual training that I'd needed and that I came back to in the race. Um, I felt like I was able to really control my breath. I think that that was massive was learning how to, when you're, when it gets so hot in that steam room and you're starting to freak out a little bit, you have to control your breath. And I made it a game. So one of my goals was to try to keep my heart rate, um, lower, like decrease my heart rate, even as the time increased, um, because it was a game for me. So like, I really had to practice just like being calm. Um, and that really helped like in the hard moments of the race and certainly with the heat and all of those things, um, practicing calm. So that was a big piece that we added into this training cycle that really was a huge benefit that we're just going to carry through, um, next, next training. But obviously we Like, I probably won't need to sit in a steam room. (laughs) Um, I'll probably just carry through that meditation practice because I just found that so beneficial for training.
0: But no, that's a really profound thing to say, because when I thought of that question, um, you know, to ask you tonight, I only ever thought of it from the physical side of things. But to hear you talk about the mental, you know, and I think this is a good reminder for all of us, and no matter what we're training for, is sure, you have to practice the physical attributes Of running, but the mental part of it is equally uh, important.
6: Oh, it's massive. And honestly, I think uh, when you get into the longer distances, it's huge. And the other thing that I think came out of this was it gave me so much, I would say maybe empathy, but it also gave me so much um, respect for people that I really did think about the people doing dopey that are waiting, that are like, maybe they're hoping to not get swept by the balloon ladies, because I think something that I hadn't really experienced myself was how long you're out there. And that this race was, I mean, I was just, I was out there for, um, just under 10 hours Wow! and you know, I have runners that are, um, out doing marathon training and they're out there for five, six hours on their long runs. And I'm like that I would 1 million percent argue is harder. I will argue that till the day I die because I'm like the fact that you have to be out there for that long with yourself, um, that you're spending that much time on your feet is really so impressive because that was something that I struggled with as I was getting into my big long runs was just being out for that long. And I struggled with, um, the amount of time it took out of my weekends and my days. Like, um, so I really give kudos to people that are, doing that. And I think that they maybe aren't giving themselves enough credit for what they're actually doing. I think there's so much put on like the fast times and all of that. And of course, like that's my world. But I think having experienced this, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are amazing. Like being out there for that long and like still loving it, still doing it, still getting after it is, um, I hope gives people a good boost of confidence that I think it's wildly impressive having kind of gone through a somewhat similar
1: experience.
2: That is a terrific message, especially with folks coming up on Marathon Weekend.
1: So to talk a little bit more about the mental training, in our interviews with you in the past and in this interview, we've just kind of glossed over it, grazed on it. Um, But you do a lot of mental training. And um, I'm wondering if you have any quick tips or exercises for people who might want to incorporate some beginner mental training into um, into their training schedule.
6: Yeah, I have a lot of different things. I feel like it's like um building a toolbox for yourself because I think something that I learned was always like I just want to have this technique and it's going to it's going to work on every single run and it's going to be great and it's going to get me through, but I've learned that it's if you can build your arsenal of mental tricks, um it's going to help you and I feel like when you build them in training and you just show up to race day, you don't know what's going to happen on race day, you can be prepared. But if you just have that toolbox, magic happens on race day and your mind and your body will grab the tools that you need. Um, and so I like to play with different ones. Um, something that I really enjoyed, which I was really shocked by in this training cycle that kind of went hand in hand with the meditation. First, I would say like, if you haven't, done meditation or a meditation practice, like start with, um, headspace or things like that. They're very helpful in guiding and they're like, you can do like 10 minutes. Um, and I found like I was craving that time and I really enjoyed by the time I got up to 50 minutes, I was just loving that, um, learning how to control my breath and things like that. Um, that really helped carry over into running. Um, but something that I had to work on. So I knew that I was going to be out, um, train or I was going to be out on the race, Like, who knows if I was going to be running near people, but I had to practice being out there probably by myself at stages without music because we weren't allowed to have music um, or anything on the course. And so, um, that freaked me out because I was like 10 hours with my own thoughts is a long time. (laughs) So I started doing my long runs, um, without podcasts, music, anything like that. And I look, I loved it. Um, it really helped almost quiet the chatter down. Um, so I would encourage people to try that, um, just because that was something that was so beneficial in my training that I actually found that I enjoyed so much. Um, and then I guess my biggest, my biggest thing that I help people in coaching with, but I also always recommend, and I come back to whenever I'm feeling, cause I'm, you know, people are coming up on their peak mileage. Maybe they've already hit it or they're coming into that. And I think that that's when the crazies can kind of come into your head. At least that's what happens for me. Um, And I have to just remember, like, how am I making today's run fun? And it could be as simple as... um, Setting like like creating your playlist of music that you're gonna listen to that's maybe themed for the energy that you want in each chunk of your run. Um, are you running in costume? You guys are getting ready to race Disney. Are you running in costume? Like be that weirdo that's out on the streets in your blue <laughs> joy wig, and it doesn't matter. I think that that's something that is just that goes a lot longer. That like helps a lot more. Um, than anything mentally is just reminding yourself that you're having fun, reminding yourself that this is like meant to be enjoyable, even though it's hard, it's meant to be enjoyable. so I think whatever you can do and like get creative, there's no rules on what you can do with running. um, I hope that I'm showing people at even at an elite level, yeah, you can get so creative it doesn't, and i'm getting I'm getting really excited as I'm mapping out my next season. Of just like some of these like creative things that we've never played with before, that I'm it's making me excited to train and um, get into racing again. So, um, build that arsenal, I think is the biggest thing, and take it from everywhere, take it from books, podcasts, um, artists, different things that that mean something to you um, that you can start building that arsenal.
2: Wonderful advice. Wonderful advice. Thanks.
1: So, kind of continuing on that theme, you said something really cool. On Jeff's podcast Jeff Galloway I call him Jeff we're on a first name basis (laughs) um, that really struck me and you said putting on a costume you get to become the energy that you want to put out in that race and I love that Um, and so I'm thinking also you know during things like Team USA you have a costume that they are presenting for you how would you describe when you can't wear a costume of your choosing how would you become that energy that you want to put out in that race.
6: This is such a great question. I love it because this is something I battle. So here's like an insider thing that I didn't know. There's no handbook for when you start racing elite. There's no there's no handbook that's like, here's all the things you should know. You, um, I feel like I'm stumbling my way through this. Um, so one of the biggest things that um, I learned early on when I was racing the New York City Marathon in 2018 is there are fierce rules Um, in especially the world majors on what you can wear and logos and branding, it is like ultra specific and they're trying to protect the sponsors of the races that are obviously paying a lot of money to be the sponsors of those. But for us as athletes, it's really limiting on what we can wear. And for somebody like me that like, I mean, I think even in races like that, you put on that race Kit and that is your costume, it's kind of giving you that competitive energy. You know it's mm. right today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have struggled with some of the races that limit us. Um, so for example, when I was racing Boston um last fall, um the logo requirements are really, really specific. And my North Face logos were like half a millimeter too big. So I had to re-logo everything. And that was kind of where a little bit of my frustration, I completely understand where the rules are with it, but I think I got a little bit frustrated and why I kind of also thought of Disney is I was like, I don't want rules on what I can wear. Um, If NASCAR can be branded all over the place, why can't we? Um, So um, yeah, so that was why I love Disney. I love trail racing for that reason. Certainly with North Face, we have um, certain uh, outfits that they recommend that we wear that are, you know, our race kits for that season but they're also super flexible. They know me that I'm going to get creative. So on most of my trail racing, I've got my North face gear that I can wear. Um, but I just get creative with it. So I have one of my friends, um, paints my shoes every race. So he painted them for, um, for worlds. So for worlds, when I had my team USA, I mean, that was my costume, right? Like putting that on, I was like, I'm here to party and so but I painted my shoes I had my nails done that were USA um I had red lipstick um I was however I could jazz it up um just because I feel like that's that whole embodiment and that whole character and costume is really helps bring me to life I feel like I love to perform I like racing to me feels like a performance it feels I've got like a Theater background, comedy background, it kind of helps bring me to life that I feel like I'm just out here, like putting on a show a little bit. Um, So I think I just try to get creative with um, what I'm allowed to do. I had a race, um, Broken Arrow, um, in June, which was the qualifier. I was really into Top Gun because Top Gun Maverick had just come out. And so I really wanted to embody, I of course had my North Face outfit that I had to wear, um, but I was like, I want to embody those. That just like energy of the movie and just being fast and flying. Um, and they were flying through the mountains in the movie. So I, I watched these YouTube videos on how to do military buns, like for your hair. Um, so I learned how to do military buns and then my race pack, I, I, um, glued patches all over to make it look like a, a bomber jacket and it had top gun on it and stuff. And then my race plan so I think even if you don't, let's say that you're not a costume person. I meet plenty of people that are like, that is not me. Um, I also theme my race plan um, creatively. So you might like just not want to be a costume person, but you can also get creative on how you're attacking your own race and how you're doing your own race plan. Um, and I theme that together because it feels like a whole, a whole experience and a whole event um, of the day.
2: That is so cool. I love that
1: advice. I also love the idea that you don't have to put on an entire costume if you're nervous about wearing a costume. You can just, like you said, put on the red lipstick or you can just yeah, have your, yeah. your shoes kind of have a little touch of that, but you can still embody the, you know, everything that is Elsa or everything that is, you know, the character that you've decided is part of your training plan.
6: Totally, totally. And and it took me a while to get to the full-blown costume um, racing realm. So, um, you know, like it took a little while and now it's kind of what brings me a lot of joy and what I really love. So I think if you're one of those people, like you can make it very subtle and that's totally okay.
2: We've talked about a bunch of stuff. I want to come back just a little bit to Thailand and inaugural event, the team and you really did pretty well, didn't you?
6: We did. Yeah, we had. Um, it was cool because I, I think from my knowledge in years past, they um, normally do like the vertical kilometer is a separate event and the marathon championships on trail are a separate event and same with the 50 mile. And I, I'm i pretty sure that um, it was so unique this year because they combined everything, which was amazing because I think we had like over 40 athletes um, that were competing for the U.S. amongst the different um amongst the different races, but it was so cool. Cause we got to like Allie McLaughlin. She's a good friend of mine who lives down in Colorado Springs. She won the vertical kilometer and their team won. And so that was the first day. So we got to really build off of that energy and really work off of all of the energy of the weekend. And then also we're putting out that energy, knowing we've got the juniors race the next day and things like that. And that whole team USA is there. So it kind of felt like a little bit of trail Olympics a little bit. Um, yeah. So it was just a, it was a really, really cool experience. And then somehow I ended up with the flag during opening ceremony. Oh,
5: how cool.
6: Oh my gosh. That wow.
5: was
6: like, I don't even need wow. to, like, I just, I just carried the flag for Team USA. I was losing oh, my mind. wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was like top moment of the entire uh, experience. Wow.
2: It doesn't get much better than
6: that. Oh, truly.
2: Oh, man.
0: Brittany, I have a question in terms you know, you just talked about all the events. How did you fall into the 80 kilometer event? Was this something that Team USA came and you picked you out for or it was a goal of yours to get into that event? How does all of that work?
6: Yeah, that's a great question, because that was something I had to learn too, having no idea what that like. How do I do this? Um, so there were so um, Team USA for each event took four. Um, up to five athletes, and there were different qualifying events for each event. Um, so the race that qualified for the 80k team was Broken Arrow in Tahoe, and they took the top two um, at from that race. And then the other three were all based on resume that you could submit your resume for to make to um, get those other three spots. So we had originally, um, so Pike's peak was the qualifier for the uh, marathon distance. So we had put broken arrow and Pike's peak on my race calendar. Um, just because I was like, I just want to make team USA. I don't really care what distance I just want to be on team USA. And I ended up qualifying, um, for the ADK first. Um, so that kind of just dictated that. So I, I wouldn't have necessarily picked the 80 K distance, to be honest, because it would have, it's only my fifth or my second 50 miler. That's not really my sweet spot of racing. I still have a lot of road speed that isn't quite translating over to the 50 yet. Um, so I probably wouldn't have picked it. It was an epic experience. And now I'm like, throw them, throw a marathon at me. I got this after that (laughs) ridiculous 50. So, um, I'm certainly grateful for the experience, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and retire the fifty for a little bit and my toes are gonna be okay. very grateful for
0: that too. <laughs> so in preparation for tonight's interview, I was trying to just gather as much information because, you know, this is a realm that I am just not familiar with whatsoever. Kinda so same. I did a so I did a quick YouTube search and I found some highlight videos. I think it, it might have been associated with like a North Face Um, YouTube channel or something like that. And they were highlighting the 78 kilometer race. So that that was really interesting to see. And, you know, they had people with GoPros on the course and following everybody. It was really, really fantastic. The part that blew my mind is, I mean, obviously, you know, there's times where you're full out sprinting. And then there's other times where, you know, there's trekking poles and you're climbing and everything like that. But talk about the technique of running, climbing, hiking, whatever you want to call it. Where, you know, I noticed that all the the runners and all the athletes are looking forward like you should be. But obviously, there's roots, there's rocks, there, you know, wildlife, you know, all over the place. How do you train yourself to make sure that you're always looking forward, you're checking your surroundings, but you're also not not falling flat on your face either?
6: Yeah, totally. This is such a good question, especially transitioning from um, road to trail. And so when I was, I didn't want to run trail for a really long time because I was afraid of all of those things. I was number one, terrified of wildlife. Um, and let's be clear. I'm a born and raised Coloradoan and I am the opposite of a mountain girl. Now I feel like I'm like dabbling a bit and I feel like, okay, well, I've done some really cool mountain things, but that is so out of my comfort zone. I'm afraid of wildlife. Um, it does. It is very different than just getting to zone out on the road, um, things like that. But um, I love it. Be, I love it for that aspect that you're talking about of all of the different elements that are just kind of keeping you on your toes. Um, so it's um, a lot of training on uphill. So I knew that this race had a ton of climbing. So I did a lot of. Um, I did a lot of climbing that was like really, really steep power hiking. And I had sworn off power hiking when I first started trail running because I was like, I don't need to walk uphill. Like, no, I can run up this. And my coach laughed at me and she was like, okay, try it. Um, <laughs> and I quickly learned um, that power hiking is a thing. It's just moving really quickly as you hike because running isn't quite efficient or it's impossible given the terrain um, and things like that. So that was a big piece of it. Honestly, it was just, especially with the footwork, like you're talking about, it was, there's rocks, there's roots, there's water crossings. I mean, sometimes you're on the edge of a cliff. So really it was just practice and repetition, getting really comfortable on the trails. And then just kind of, once you're um, comfortable on the trails, then starting to build in some speed, doing some downhill work. So you're getting a little bit more comfortable with that. But one thing I teach people um, when I take them out on the trails for the first time is the tendency is to want to look down at your feet where you're running because that's obviously where you're trying to watch your footing. But I teach people to look about five feet in front of you um, and your brain, so your body remembers what your brain just saw. So really, if you can just almost, if you're looking five feet ahead of you instead of straight down, you're still looking ahead um, and you're able to see what's coming. Your body makes the adjustment as your brain already saw it. So that's kind of the big um, trick when you're getting into, you know, technical trail is just kind of trusting that, um, your body and your brain work together, which of course is like the name of running anyway. Um, but it's kind of fun. I mean, you take diggers. I mean, that's inevitable. Um, you fall, you know, all of the things, but it's hopefully it's never as, as bad as you, um, hope, (laughs) but I mean, that's just part of, part of what you signed up for too, that kind of makes it spicy.
2: Brittany, we're getting to the – I'm coming back to the U.S. now. I'm coming back to Orlando. Okay.
6: Great. And we're
2: getting uh, – and, and you've actually covered some of this already, but I'm going to ask anyway for our listeners. Uh, a lot of folks are getting ready to take on Dopey or Goofy or, heck, some folks are even taking on a 5K for the first time. Uh, the training's getting tough right now, and you know what it's like in certain parts of the country. Well, heck, Colorado, probably tough training right now. What would you, if you were talking to somebody who's doing their first goofy, first dopey, what would you tell them?
6: Oh man, Uh, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Um, I think it's, you're in your hard part of your training right now. um, But I think remembering um, it's supposed to be hard. I think that's something I kept coming back to is that training right now is supposed to feel hard. It's going to feel hard. No matter what, I felt like I was in great shape last year, um, all of that. And it got really hard. I mean, that's the, that's why it's called a challenge. Um, It's that's why we sign up for these crazy things is that it's, it is a challenge. It's supposed to be hard, but I think living in, living in the moment of right now, right now, I'm just running this mile. I don't need to think that I've got 18 more in this run. I'm running this one. I'm doing good, or I might be going too fast. I'm going to back it off a little bit. I think remembering that. And then I think, um, however you can enjoy the process, um, dopey and the marathon weekend is going to be here so quick and it's going to be over so quick. I think I look back and I'm like, how are we talking about something that dopey happened yesterday? It felt like it was yesterday and it goes by so quick, but it's something so special, so unique. I think, um, there's, We all sign up for Disney for different reasons, but it is something so special for all of us. And I really do, I don't even care how cliche this sounds, it really is magic um, there. It's something that it's going to stick with you forever, whatever that experience is. So, kind of whatever you can do to keep that alive. Um, And then, something else that helped me when it started to get really hard um, was um, that's when I started working on my
7: costumes
6: because it was like, ah, like, okay, this is worth it. Like, I'm going to be out there and, this is going to be the dress I'm racing in as Cruella or whatever it looks like for you. If like start getting yourself excited about race day, that's what it is. It's exciting. Yes. There's nerves. Yes. It's hard, but there's also that excitement. That's just so special and unique to Disney. And there are not any other races, at least that I know of. And if there are, I want to know about them Um, that you get out there and you've got all these other people in costume too. Um, so I think like, it's something that is just so special, um, that, and then it just kicks off your year. Like what a better way Then yeah, who knows what yeah. starts you're going to be throwing after you run Dopey or your 5k or whatever, it's going to start to cascade, um, across your year and what better way to kick it off.
2: It, it will, it'll change you a little bit. You knock oh, that does. one out. Yeah. Plus you're part of the, well, you're already part of the family and I'm talking to everybody. And, uh, I, I just love that. You talk about it being hard. We talk about it all the time. I, I love we have a friend in the Netherlands who actually has a wrist bl- bracelet made that says if it was easy,
5: they would call it the happy challenge.
6: So, <laughs> I love that. That's, that's um, spot on.
5: That's our buddy, Laura. Staying on target. Right. I know in some of the interviews you said, you know, you had a game plan and you stuck with it. Uh For dopey last year. And even though when things might not have gone your way, which I think that happened in the marathon, right? That you thought you were ahead of somebody and you just stuck to your game plan, you didn't change it and kept going. Can you elaborate on that and why that's so important?
6: Yeah. Yep. Um, so the marathon last year, so every single race I had a race plan. Um, and, um, it was one of my goals of the entire weekend to prove to myself that I could run my own race plan because I've gotten ahead of myself and, um, I get risky in certain races, especially, you know, other races like Boston, for example, um, or things like that, where I just don't run my race. I just, drop it. But I find that I do that not only in races, but also in my workouts. Um, when I don't have a plan, when I don't have something that's keeping me, um, focused on what I'm there to do and what I know I can do. Um, but also for me, it helps, um, it helps keep things fun because I don't have fun when I'm not running my race. I don't have fun when I feel like I'm, um, uh, like hanging on. I, I, I like to run, conservatively, I like to negative split. If I can, I like to run conservatively. I like to ease in because it helps reduce my anxiety around the whole day. It's not fun for me to just go try and hold a pace. Like that's very stressful for me. And I, um, often get in my head about that versus I feel a little bit more in control. If I can ease in, follow my race plan, stay focused, um, and then finish really strong. That's kind of, um, more enjoyable for me. So that didn't, that was tested for sure in the marathon at Dopey, because I don't think I took the lead until like mile 20 or something like that. Um, but it was really important to me to focus on what I was doing because I wanted to prove to myself that no matter what I can, I can still focus and trust my race plan. I can trust my fitness. I can trust my strengths. Um, so that was really important. I think it's just important because it's, you know, it's your race. You, it's nobody else's. And I would say like coming from a perspective of like, I was there to win it. And like my races, I'm there to win. Um, but it's, also the whole experience at the end of the day, we're all runners. We're all there for this experience. And I don't want to, I hate walking away from races, um, feeling like I didn't run my race and feeling like I didn't enjoy it. And that was honestly what happened at broken arrow. Even though I got second and qualified, I got so in my head and I had a miserable time for most of the race. Like it wasn't fun. I was so stressed out, um, things like that. And I don't feel like I, really trusted my race plan. I had my race plan, but then I feel like I just mentally let it go and it wasn't fun. So I think protecting the fun and the enjoyment, and there is that element of, yep, you can, you can be winning the race. You can go be going for a PR, whatever it is, but I still think it's so important to protect the enjoyment of it. Um, no matter what your actual goal is.
1: So as a, I'm a very beginner runner, and I hear you saying things like trust your race plan. What kind of things are in your race plan?
6: Yeah. Great question. Um, So it's, I just chunk it out. So that's what I did for, um for dopey is basically I usually t- chunk either a workout or a race into three or four chunks. Um, And they all kind of follow the same structure. Um, The first chunk is usually the longest and it's um, some sort of like theme or energy around um, just being really smart. So not going out too fast. There's nothing worse than like going out too fast and blowing up. There's so much fun when you are in control at the end of the race and you're just like, feeling like you've got wings. And so um, usually that first chunk is about being um, smart and patient. Then that middle chunk is a little bit shorter. Um, and it's about staying focused. One of my favorite mantras is uh, "gas in, uh, more gas in the tank. And I think about like, I'm going hard, but I'm not going full out yet. Like I've got more gas in the tank. And then that last chunk is just like kind of embracing the hard. That's kind of when that like fierceness comes out and fierceness yes mixed with play because it's like I'm going hard but like I like to go this fast and I'm doing well and it's going to be over soon and that's why it's the shortest chunk um and that's where I had it themed for every character at Disney um and I have those on my Instagram um that I could reshare too that is um I, I shared all of my race plans and it's super simple like it's like here's what I want to, um, here are my chunks. And then, um, here's either a song like for Elsa, it was three songs that were, um, my chunks. And that was as simple as that. And it's just like, however you can come back to remembering what your purpose is or what your intention is for that chunk, um, that will help get you through that race. And just trusting that, um, is really what seems to help me. So hopefully that's helpful, but it's just kind of trial and error and practice and like, mixing it up. I think that I loved that with Dopey was it was an opportunity every single day to have a different race plan, different character, mixing it up, keeping it fun. So um, that's something I'd encourage to throughout training. um, And certainly test this in training, you'll see what works for you. Um, And then like come race day, I always like try to my goal, which doesn't always happen. But one of my goals is like, I might not, I might not win, but I'm going to outfund you. Like I will outfund you so hard and no one can take that away from you. I think that that's what is like very artistic about it is that no one, like that's something that is in your control. Like if there's so many elements out of your control with race day, that's something that you can control and you can control your fun, but it's a choice also to make the choice. Like, I don't care what happens. Like I'm going to have a blast. So, um, try to outfund everybody.
1: Oh man, all the Ryzen runners listening out there right now. This is a challenge, a call to action as we are all going to try to outfun each other oh, on marathon what a, weekend.
6: What a fun PR. Like set it like uh, PR Yeah. Fun.
4: yeah. <laughs> so we kind of touched on this earlier in the conversation, but I want to tie it in to Dopey. There's a lot of us, myself included, who will be pushing the 7-hour time limit for Dopey for the marathon and um, you know, pushing that half marathon when so we're out there the full we're getting our full money's worth is what we like to say. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> um, what is some advice that you would have for those of us who are who are like that, um, especially having just come off of a 10-hour race?
6: Yeah, that was like I said, that's that's hard. It's hard and it's but it's amazing. I think um remembering that. So I think um what advice would I have? What do you feel like, I guess, let me ask you, what do you feel like is the most challenging thing or what, um, this is something I kind of ask myself, what scares you most about, um, that amount of time out there? Or, um, does that, does anything stand out in that realm?
4: I think for me personally is the time constraint of like we have to do it in a certain time or the balloon ladies will come and then we'll get swept um so I think that is probably my personal biggest stressor of like I would don't want to push myself to the point that I hurt myself but I also you know I I want to beat the balloon ladies
6: yeah for sure for sure um and I have runners that are um in the exact same boat and we've been training um to again, so we know, I think it's like 16 minute miles if I remember correct, my yeah. head correctly. So, um, we've been training to just set up the intervals. Like, um, I love Jeff Galloway's Jeff's, um, first name basis, Jeff, um, yeah, all right. his, <laughs> uh, there you go his method, because I think it's so great. Like, and I think, um, doing the run, walk intervals and setting yourself up, but the way that I've been helping some of my runners do it is, um, in training, we're setting up, uh, that you're, Finishing miles are going to be a little bit faster, Um, so you might adjust your intervals a little bit. um, But you're the what we tell all of our runners, no matter if it's dopey, no matter if it's your first marathon, whatever it is, is you can always make up time. You can't make up energy. So I think regardless is going back to like if if you go too fast and blow out in the beginning, you're not going to make it anyway because you've just used all your energy. So thinking of it like a battery, like you know, like where you can push. And that's where like really trusting your training, really leaning into those, um, long runs as your practice of that'll start to build some confidence for you that, okay, like I can do, like, I was like really nailing my like 14 or 15 minute miles. I'm building a little bit of buffer in there. Um, am building my character stops in, I've been having some of my runners intentionally build, do walk walking. So that way they're practicing character stops and, um, having to like, switch between running, jogging, um, walking, whatever that looks like. Um, I don't know if that's in any way helpful. <laughs> I'm like Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely. Advice, I guess advice is just don't go same thing, just don't go out too hard. Really trust, really trust that if you've done the training, you've done the work, you're gonna you're gonna get there. And at the end of the day too, guess what? I DNF'd at uh, the Boston Marathon on TV. It sucked, but no one cares. Like if you like, you're still at Disney. Like, what a great place! If you do get swept, like the nicest, you're getting swept by the nicest people in the world, the balloon ladies. Um, you're at Disney, and like, no one cares. Like, no one is going to be like, you didn't finish.
2: No, you're right. Everyone's you gonna be right. like, hell
6: yeah, you you started it. It's epic. I bet you had an amazing time for the amount that you're out there. Go get them next year, um, and I guarantee that's gonna just spark that motivation for you for next year. Um, So I think play worst case scenario, like what does happen. It's not the worst thing in the world.
1: Um, You know? Absolutely. Looking at um, your pictures that you just recently posted online, your feet were in a world of hurt. And I mean, I know it's a little strange to ask, but I struggled last time during the marathon right at mile 20 going into the big parking lot area and I'm wondering if you have any advice for people on how to get through if they might be feeling some discomfort during a race like how do you mentally get through that
6: mm-hmm. yeah um I apologize to anybody that has seen that post
1: um <laughs> they're disgusting and
6: I uh <laughs> but it was one of my, like, I, I loved that post. It was so disgusting, but, um, you're for an me- ultimate
1: athlete. That is like, <laughs> yeah. to me, when, when oh. I see stuff like that, I'm like, that is an athlete.
6: <laughs> that is a reminder to get bigger shoes. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, something that helped for me. So, um, in the 50, I, um, I was really nervous about all of the climbs Um, so I really trained really hard on all of the climbing because I think that that's where I felt the least confident and the most nervous. I knew I'm a, I know I'm a good downhill runner, all of that, but I didn't anticipate the steepness, the humidity. So my feet were wet, um, and just the like amount of downhill pounding that my feet were taking. So, um, by mile 35, I swore I felt, like one of my toenails come off. Like I felt it, um, I swore that it had come off. So by the, for the last 15 miles of that race, I was in so much pain, especially on the downhills and something that helped me. Um, and this is kind of like gauging it. So I'll give my, like, this is what helped me. And then I'll, um, add a caveat to that. So for me, it was like, I can worry about my toes when I'm done. Like I, I knew that top three for the U S scored, And I, one of my biggest goals was to score for the U.S. I had no idea where my two teammates ahead of me were. I didn't know where our other teammate behind me was. And it was really important for me to, um, keep pushing because I was going to score for the U S. Um, and I wanted to do my best for the U S. And so that may be, so I just decided like, I'm going to keep running unless my feet fall off. I'm going to keep running and I'll deal with it later. I also knew my off season was around the corner, um, after that race. So, um, I knew I could deal with it then. So I think there's a piece of like, if there's discomfort, you're, you got to listen and gauge, like what kind of discomfort is it? Is it worth it to keep pushing for me? It was because it was such a big race for me to be at. And I knew I had, I knew I got an off season. I think I would have probably made a different choice had I had something else around the corner race-wise. So I think you've got to kind of gauge that and then just being smart and listening to your body. I also think at the end of the day, if it's going to risk, um, an actual long-term injury or something like that, it's not worth it. And that was a choice I had to make at Boston last year was I could probably push through it. Is it worth, is it worth maybe making the injury worse or is it worth, um, me being miserable for another 10 miles? no. Um, so I think like, kind of like listening to your body and that's where like training keeps kicking in is trusting that, you know, training's there to help you get really in tune with your body, listen to what things are nagging you. Um, if there's anything that's creeping up now, getting, getting work in with a PT or whatever that is. So you can kind of be on top of that come race day, but, um, and not, and not being afraid to just pull back, pull back pace, pull back effort, like. It's not the world championships. It's not the Olympics. You know, it's not the end all be all. So like at the end of the day, keep I keep coming back to just keep protecting your enjoyment of the race um, is just so important, especially at Disney.
2: Brittany, what can you tell us about what's coming up next week for you?
6: Okay. So today, (laughs) um, so I, um, originally wanted to, so I'm going to switch back to road now. Um, the Olympic trials are in a year in Orlando
2: in Orlando. I know that.
6: Yeah. So, um, that has been on my list, um, to go back to trials again. Um, so I want to switch back to road and I want to get an Olympic trials qualifying time for the marathon. Um, But, um, so I was originally trying to get into the London marathon. Um, turns out women are extremely fast right now. And my time from my PR is actually from trials in 2020. So my time isn't fast enough. (laughs) So I didn't get in,
3: um,
6: which is okay. So I, again, like I thought about today, I thought about, cause this all happened in the last like two days. Um, I thought about, well, like that's kind of like a dopey moment, right? Like, uh it's kind of like a something else would be cool around, on the horizon then. Like if I, if it's not London, like it's something else would be cool. And so we are just kind of exploring and another really big goal is I really want to be on Teen USA again. And so um I'm going to try to make the team for the 50K Road Championships, oh, okay. which are in South Africa in May. Oh. So um I'm gonna be running the 50K um race in uh in um New York in March to hopefully qualify for the team for, um, for May. So I'm kind of like playing a little bit. And then I thought as we were chatting, I was like, Oh, there's no rules on what I can wear. So I'm going to have a <laughs> costume, um, and things like that. So I'm excited for, for that. Cause I think it opens up, um, some opportunity for some more play. Um, and then I think big thing around the corner is I'm going to be at Disney, um, for marathon weekend, um, to cheer. Yeah, you are. Um, yep. the husband and I are going to be there, um, in costume cheering, Hopefully, I think we're going to be there every day of each race, um, cheering people on. So definitely follow my Instagram because um, I'll have details on where we'll be and stuff like that. So I'm just really excited to be back and just just putting all of that good energy back out to um, to everybody that's just done it for me. So I'm just stoked to, to be back. Well,
2: we, yeah. Yay! First of all, we're looking forward to seeing you in January. Secondly, I'll be in Orlando I've never gone to a, uh, I've never, I've never watched a marathon. Not really a great spectator sport, but I'll be there.
6: Good. I think, um, hopefully if it's anything like, uh, if it's anything like Atlanta, they did a really good job making it spectator friendly. They did. It wasn't like the world's best for the runners, but it was three laps. So hopefully they do something like that again, because that was epic, um, for everyone to get to see us several times. Um, and if you get a chance since you're there, get a chance to go watch trials. It is a whole experience. It's the coolest thing.
2: Yeah. Neat. And and I realized I just said 28, I meant 24, but, uh, yeah. All right. How many pennies have you found this year?
6: Okay. I have been on a roll, um, in my off season. I've been, (laughs) um, so right now I'm not really, so I took like a month off, um, uh, which was wonderful. And now I've just been kind of running if I feel like it and just kind of like mellow, but my whole goal is just to street sweep and see how much change I can find. And I have been making a fortune. So, um, <laughs> everybody stay tuned because um, on January 1st, I will be um, sharing how much money I found. Um, cool. And I know people just are really anticipating that.
2: That's <laughs> no, cool. It's cool. It's a neat thing. It's, it's a lot so of fun. <laughs> I wanted to ask. It's cool. So you you talked a lot about runners that you had Mercuria running. That's your coaching group.
6: Yeah. You nailed the pronunciation. Um, We just did a video this week of how hard it is to pronounce. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's called Mercuria running. Um, It's my coach's company. She's had it for 10 years and I've been with her. She's been my coach for um, gosh, going on five, five plus years. Um, And then I've been coaching under her for four um, and we've got lots of Mercurians that are going to be racing at um, Disney weekend. Um, and yeah. we've even got some people that are um, gearing up already for princess. So um, yeah, it's really fun. So it'll be fun to be out and cheer, cheer them on as well.
2: All right. Wonderful. Always a pleasure. But before you leave, Allie has some questions for you.
1: All right. So this is going to be rapid fire, Brittany's favorite edition. And we're just going to go real quick. Okay. So, um, what's your favorite sweet snack at Disney?
6: Uh, the Mickey ice cream.
1: Okay, and what's your favorite savory snack?
6: Uh, I don't know. Well, my brain went to the um Mickey waffles, but I don't think that's savory. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, don't dunk it in syrup. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it counts. Um, what's your favorite relaxing ride?
6: Oh, geez, uh, relaxing ride. Oh well, it's not really relaxing. I guess maybe like the Ratatouille one or the... Um, I guess it's not really relaxing. I was thinking of the
1: Toy Story one with the shooter mm-hmm. thing. But oh yeah, yeah, They're yeah. Really yeah. Toy Story Mania. That, so that's yeah. not that's not very really relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> if that's how relaxing you get, then that's that's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, what's your favorite wild ride? My
6: favorite ride of all time at Disney is uh, the Tower of Terror. I think I ride that 45 million times, Um, but I loved um, the one. It's not Soarin', but it's um, the one that you're on the like crotch rocket thing
2: over in Pandora. The flight, the uh, flight of yes, flights of passage. Yes. Yeah. A
1: little side note: if you wear your medal on um, Tower of Terror, because (laughs) Tower of Terror, it doesn't just drop you; it actually like accelerates you, drops you your metal will your metal will hit you in the face oh, okay.
2: yeah.
1: Close, close. Yeah. warning to everybody
2: i knew that was coming
1: um okay favorite podcast to be on right kidding. On. You don't- never mind,
2: <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
6: even a, that's not even a question
1: yeah. and then um your favorite place you took dopey metal pictures after you won
6: um right outside of well, we took them at, um, like, because I wore them on the VIP tour the day after the race. Oh, um, cool. But I still think it was really fun to wear them um at Disney Springs afterwards, because I had my Cruella hair still that was black and white. <laughs> um, And there was a lot of people that were not aware that there was any races going on that weekend. Um, So they had, and they had no idea, like, what I had just done, anything like that. So it was just like, what is this chick up to? Um, so that was really fun.
1: (laughs) Awesome. That was all I had for you. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Brittany, it's a joy. It is a joy speaking with you. Uh, I, I, the, from the first time we did, I knew you're one of us and we just love talking with you. We're going to be following your career. We're going to be wishing you the best. And I really, really hope that we see you in January at Disney World?
6: We have to make it happen so we can get a group photo. Um, Oh, that'd be awesome. I truly appreciate everything you guys are putting out there. I love getting to chat. It's such good energy. Um, Thank you for welcoming me into uh, this world of weirdos. Um, And I just wish all of you the best. And I wish everybody on um, Disney weekend just an absolute blast is my, my wish for everybody.
1: Well, that was a great interview with Brittany. I mean, she's a Team USA World Mountain and Trail Running Champion. Um, she is an 80k she's on the 80k trail running team. She finished first in most of her races this year. Um, and she was the dopey champion of all of the races for Run Disney. But not to mention she also was the gold medalist Olympian of her front yard gymnastics when she was a kid. So she
2: she was Team USA baby. She was. Team USA. Oh, yeah. sorry. She was. Like, Nobody else can be Team her. USA. I'm Team USA. I love it.
1: I love that. <laughs> what,
2: a, what a great guest.
1: I loved. I loved thinking about how her neighbor kids would come into her yard and yeah. be like, "Can we try out this year?" And she'd be like, "Yes, here are the trials." And you didn't make it again this year.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been looking forward all day to talking to her, and I was not disappointed. What a great guest. Love having her on. Hey, we're always looking for topics. And we got a topic from a listener, Natalie, that we'd like to explore a little bit in the next episode. Now, I'll, I'll mention this in the Facebook group, but Natalie wants to talk about running at Disney with children. Love to hear about setting expectations for the races for the weekend. Ways to celebrate since, she says, they won't be having margaritas. Probably a good idea. Uh, costume ideas for the family and etc. We'd love to talk about that. However, the only one of the gang who has a child who's done a Disney run is Greg. And that's Greg's five-year-old daughter, Riley. And she just did the first one. And I don't think she had a margarita. Greg?
0: No, not at all.
2: Okay, no margaritas.
0: She had a much more expensive gift than a droid from uh, Galaxy's oh, Edge. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so if you think the margaritas are expensive, try doing that instead.
2: (laughs) Good for her. Good for her. Um, But, hey, we're looking for a couple of families or a couple of folks who have run with children to join us next week. Like I say, I will put it on Facebook. Let me know if you're interested. It won't take a lot of your time, but we'd like to hear from you. Speaking of hearing from you, our friends at Gallus, those are the folks— who, when you press the Join the Conversation button, that's their software, the Gallus software, that allows you to record your comments for us or your intros. Um, They've got a survey, and they'd like you to participate in their survey. There's no obligation. There is no requirement. I'm going to put it on Facebook. I'll put the link up. Uh, They're not collecting any data, they're not going to know by name. I think the very la- I've taken I think the very last question is what's your email address, but you don't have to provide that. Uh if you if you wanted to hear back from them, you could. But they've told us and they've been great working with us. Uh been very helpful. They're the brand they're a very new company and they like the fact that we are actively involved with them and they stay very actively involved with us. So they approached me and said, hey, if you'll do this, we'll share the responses with you. Not Again, not by name, just in the aggregate. We'll get the data and maybe it'll help us improve the podcast for you. So if you have, it, it takes like three, four minutes to finish this thing. It's not a big deal at all. Um, if you have an opportunity, take a look at that, please. Friends, we've got a contest that... We're starting real soon here. We think you might be interested in it, Lexi. Why don't you tell us about it, please?
4: Yeah, so we are doing some giveaways. Yeah,
0: fabulous prizes. <laughs>
4: I know. I like if if I could enter them, I would. But yeah, I'm a host, so you know, darn. Um, if anybody wants to gift me the 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 giveaway, presents,
2: yeah, I, I will take them. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, no, so we are actually running two giveaways at once. One is on Facebook, in our Facebook group. You just have to go on the Facebook group, Rise and Run Podcast, and make sure that you join our group. We're going to have a post there, and we want you to like the post and then comment about what topic or guest that you would like to see in the new year. Ooh. Then over on Instagram, you will follow and like the post, comment with what topic or guest that you would like to see in the new year, and for an extra entry, you can share the post on your story and don't forget to tag us so then that way that we know that you shared the story. So, Lexi, what can our listeners win? Um, for the Instagram giveaway, we are doing the Wine and Dine Lounge wow. Fly from this past race. Um, and then on the Facebook group, we have the Corksicle Water Bottle. I like All that right. one. Um, also the Wine and Dine themed one. So we're real excited about those. And I mean technically you could enter both contests.
2: Folks who are already in the Facebook group, they can get an entry just by submitting a suggested topic,
4: yes, and liking the post. So this um this contest is going to go from Friday, which is tomorrow, from when this is dropping 12/9 till next Friday 12/16. Cool. And then we will, um, we're going to do the drawing over the weekend um, so that we can hopefully mail these things out before the holiday rush happens and hopefully get it to you sooner rather than later.
2: Okay. Sounds good. So get your entries in. We hope you have fun with it.
4: Yeah. Stay tuned for that post tomorrow.
2: Thanks, Lexi. In your email today, you probably received. A note about the Disney Raced Weekend Checklist. And I realize I just said your email today, meaning two days ago. Okay. <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me here. Thank you. Uh, what that's really all about is the race waiver and the expo pass. And chances are you've already done them. Uh, it's easy to do them and forget about them, but just follow the directions in there and go into your Run Disney account and if you need to do it it'll tell you what you need to do and if not you'll be fine and if worse comes to worse and you forget all about it and you get to the expo and you don't have your waiver and expo pass it'll take care of you there anyway it'll just take you a little bit more time they're going to run the virtual queue again this year for the official disney merchandise that seemed to work out pretty well i know we were a little unsure when we heard about it for Wine and Dine weekend, but I think the prevailing opinion was that worked out pretty well. The only difference is they started the virtual queue at 7:30 for Wine and Dine. You won't be able to sign up for the queue until 8:30, Marathon weekend.
0: And also, just to provide a point of clarification, this just like Wine and Dine, this is only being applied to the first day of the expo. Right. So, you know, when the expo opens on Wednesday morning, Wednesday, yeah. Yep. That is when this will be in place. Um, I agree with you, Bob. I think the virtual queue worked out really well. I know there are still some people in the run Disney community that I've seen on social media that are still a little weary of this thing, especially because this the size of the event. Obviously, Marathon weekend is the biggest weekend out of the four. So some people are apprehensive, but again, I always like to take that eternal optimist approach that, you know, I hopefully they learn something from it in case there were bugs during Dine, and they'll continue to improve on it.
5: And Greg, remember, this is only for the Run Disney merch. Yes, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yep. That's right. So, so you got, if you, you're doing dopey or the 5K and you got to get your bib, you can go anytime and come back later for the Run Disney merch if you have to.
1: And go visit our friend Pam at Fluffy Fizzy's at the other expo because you were saying that expo's been sold out. It's full. Yeah. So we're going to have lots of vendors.
2: That's, that's what I hear. I hear it's back to pre pandemic size, which is kind of exciting. I think that'll be fun. It's it's another big and interesting thing to look forward to. Let's move on a little bit here. We've been doing from time to time our series we call Podcasts We Listen To. Well, this week we've got one of our favorite groups of people, one of our favorite groups of fellow podcasters, folks we found reasonably early in our podcasting experience, and I've actually become friends with in real life too. We've been at several events together, and we've seen Tom. Let me get him. Let me get him right, Greg. Tom, Michael, Diana, and Aaron. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> They'd be proud of me. Which one of them's from Madagascar? Never mind, that's an inside joke. Um, uh, but now. If you've listened to all of our episodes, they were with us back in March in episode 24. But with us again, our friends from the Will Run For podcast. Welcome, guys. We're glad you joined us. Oh, thanks for having us. Hello.
4: Hello. 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 we got the
2: whole <laughs> This is got how the we whole start crew. our
8: episodes. We figured we just bring it on over here. here. Yep.
7: This is, this is on par for us.
2: <laughs> it's perfect. It is perfect. Uh, we haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, I looked it up. It was March 24th. We had you on the podcast. Oh, wow. Episode 24. We've grown a little bit since then. Yeah, Yes, so you have. We'll get a little wider audience on this one uh what we want to do is first of all we just have fun talking with you guys yes uh and i want to do that that's probably, <laughs> that's probably number one but the other thing i want to do i i know we have a lot of common listeners
3: mm-hmm. yeah uh,
2: i know people have listened to our podcast and heard us talking about you and gone there and then vice versa and i think that's great but i'd i'd like to increase that number a little bit. So. Let's educate the ones who don't know who you are, even if there are only three or four of them. So let's start here. How long ago did you start the will Run For podcast?
8: Um, May, May of 2020. Yeah. yeah, we're a pandemic podcast.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you, you're, you just went, well, you didn't just go past, you went past, you about two and a half years now.
8: Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah unbelievable oh, yeah. oh gosh wow, oh, wow. yeah
2: uh, time flies huh? <laughs> yeah yeah
8: we were just uh some friends on zoom uh doing happy hours chatting and then nice. tom was like i'd like yeah. to do a podcast And we were like yeah. okay i guess we're doing a podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> nothing else to do in 2020
2: and i've said this before i credit your podcast not for us starting this one but you were kind of the last piece of the puzzle for me um, you did an interview with Laura over in in uh where was that interview? It Australia. Was in New Zealand or something. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's the
3: Netherlands.
2: Inside inside jokes. Isn't it like nice when you have inside <laughs> jokes among fellow podcasters? That's fun. Laura is in the Netherlands. Yes. And she said, Hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. And I listened to it and I said, That's pretty cool. And I listened to one of your regular episodes, and I said, Gee, if these guys can do it, why? And it went from there. I'm only kidding about that last part, <laughs> that but it was the last piece.
9: Like, Man, if we just improve <laughs> slightly, <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we
7: can do this. If we weren't spiraling every episode.
2: <laughs> you know what it truly was? I heard the fun you were having.
7: Yeah. yeah. I heard
2: the fun you were having, and I said, that's it. I'd, I'd been on the fence. I said, that's it. We're yeah. doing it. So you the were the last compliment. piece of the puzzle. You really were. No, I, I'm very grateful. Uh, it's been fun. Um, for our listeners, how often do you publish your podcast?
10: Well, it's, uh, it's weekly, but we split it up between regular episodes and Inside Runner Studios, mm-hmm. which uh, Diana came up with, which is basically we ripped off James Lipton. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, It's okay. And uh, do it for running <laughs> and just for yeah. people in the uh, community. Yeah,
8: those are like shorter episodes uh we interview one person from our community um both you and greg have been on yes we we have some of the rest of you on too Uh, we uh it's a question and answer type thing we do a couple running related questions some non-running related questions and then we always end with the inside the actor
4: studio questions
2: it's it's very high pressure
4: I love inside the actor studio. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, it was fun, um, and and we can get you anywhere, right? Spotify, Apple, yep. Google
10: should be everywhere, unless there's something I haven't heard of. Any- <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wherever fine podcasts are yes. sold,
7: absolutely.
2: <laughs> and um, if you
8: can't find us, uh, let us know, because then that's a problem.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't had I haven't seen that problem with you guys yet, though. What's new with We'll Run for? Uh first of all, just as runners, you guys just finished uh somebody just finished Philly, right?
9: Yes. So yeah. Diane and I and a couple of friends, we did the Philly half and the 8K, which is called the Patriot Challenge. So that uh-huh. was this past weekend. Um it was cold.
2: I was gonna say pretty yeah. chilly, wasn't it? It's it was real
9: cold, windy, but it, it was a great race. We loved it. Um and so that kind of lined up with the 18 miles we needed on our dopey training plan. So we're oh, all, yeah. we're all dopey training in some form or fashion. We're all mm-hmm. going to be down there for marathon weekend. Um, so yeah, it yeah. was yeah. A, it was a lot of catered. It was a catered race. Gotcha. Basically. Catered training we, runs. Catered yeah, we training. That's run, it.
8: Uh, cheering for the full marathon on sunday because it was so little. nice out on sunday yeah. we
2: really <laughs> <laughs> wanted to stand out <laughs> this cry. is beautiful we like and, five uh, hours <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah. 20 well,
8: plus mile an hour winds
2: is that what it was in the 20s and windy it, yeah, was, it was yeah it feels like
8: 21 at the start yeah. uh and by the end it was only feels like 26 from yeah. what uh we heard oh it was windy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was
2: uh, uh, I was whining a little bit before you guys got on. I told everybody it was 53 degrees and raining here yesterday. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) It's so
7: so bad. But our next episode, we're doing a full Philly recap. So probably when this comes out, you'll have to go back and listen to it. But I'll ask you guys this question because this was a debate based on the way too many layers Tom had on during the race and uh-huh. struggled with that. When you guys are counting your layers, do you count your underwear as a layer of clothing? I'm like, going to
2: direct that to Alicia. She's our layer like expert.
7: I do not. Right? Right? You don't. <laughs> no. It's just like you should be wearing yes. it. Like, it what? doesn't count as one of your layers. I guess there are runners who go commando, so maybe some people would count it as a layer. But I personally
2: feel like
6: it's
7: just one of those things you have on, and I would not come to it.
2: I count it. It's like, it's like your socks.
5: It's you Tom know. Tom keeps
7: counting his layers, and he's layers. like, so I had my underwear, and yeah. then I had my pants. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah.
5: So were we in double-digit layers here, or what? <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty <laughs> close. I
9: mean... He may have overdressed. Oh, Just at least five layers on his bottom. I made mistakes.
3: <laughs> mistakes were
2: made.
5: Huh? <laughs> well, like Ralphie from a Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah. <With the> story. <laughs> that's down. what it.
7: That's what it was. And honestly. Like We got dressed in the same room, so I don't know how I missed him putting on so many layers, honestly, for me to catch it at some point. Like, hey, maybe you shouldn't wear all of that.
10: Well, half of them were compression layers, so you <laughs> couldn't yeah. tell. So. Yeah, yeah,
2: that counts. That definitely uh, counts.
0: I hope you didn't have to go to the bathroom during the
10: race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, it becomes tough, doesn't it? He couldn't. He had four layers of compression yeah. on. So yeah. <laughs> <to> <laughs> right. Sounds like a good run. It really does. I saw the oh, medals. Okay. medals were really, I like those. Yeah. Really
8: we were talking about them because uh, Philly always has the little Liberty Bell, but they always have a bell so they all ring. So all you hear is clanking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> miles and miles of clanking
7: afterwards.
2: <laughs> kind of like the uh, wine and dine after party. Anybody yes. who's run the challenge
5: bling, bling.
7: <laughs> you know, I can't. I don't know how people walk around with their medals on all day like that. I don't that. know. They weigh like I, like, 40 I feel like pounds. they rub my back, my neck. I just don't want them yeah. on anymore. I will pick one medal. Like, yeah. the mo- like if it's the, if I'm doing
8: like a challenge, like if I'm doing goofy, I'll have my goofy medal right. on. If I'm, if I have like whatever the highest part of the race that I've done series I've done, like if I'm only doing the 5k in the marathon, then I'll wear the marathon medal. Like, right.
0: But that's why God invented the turtleneck.
2: <laughs>
7: <God>. <laughs> I just do the dicky. It's it's just you don't need even a full shirt, you just need the the neck protection.
2: But Erin, I'm with you. I do that, but I may bring the others with me for yes. photo opportunity.
8: Yeah, exactly. exactly. I just parry it.
7: them.
2: Yeah. Agreed. There you yep. go.
7: That's actually yeah. funny because we did that after the Philly race and I handed Aaron my purse at one point during the night. She's like, like, what, what is it here?
2: Weighs 18 <laughs> pounds. She's <That's great. laughs> like,
7: why is this bag yeah. so heavy? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, what's new with the uh, We'll Run For podcast? You, you've got a new Facebook page, I think.
8: Uh, we've always had a Facebook page, but we have a a new group.
2: I know you guys have had
8: a group for a long time or since your beginning. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that I think all of us were hesitant about was we, none of us wanted to moderate our group. (laughs) We're not into the moderation part. Um, but we've been asked several times by several listeners Hey, do you have a Facebook group? Why don't you have a Facebook group? It'd be good for meetups. It'd be good for this. It'd be good for that. Yeah. So, um, you know, after some, spending some time in yours, <laughs> that's cool. And uh, seeing that, you know, it kind of self moderates itself. There's right. not really a yeah. ton of like, you right. know, you get the right people um, in, involved and, and uh, you have the right community. And it kind of takes care of itself. So yeah, we decided to pull the trigger, especially with Marathon Weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. With all of us going to be there. We wanted to do a meetup. We wanted, you know, we just wanted to be able to have a place for people to have a little bit more interaction. So yeah, we finally pulled the trigger on the Facebook group. Yeah.
2: So you could have turned, you could have turned things back on me there and said. We looked at yours and we figured if Bob could moderate it, what the heck? <laughs> well, no,
10: Bob, I, well have, I mean, they, they let I'm some weirder theory. in It was posting toe
3: pictures and stuff. Yeah,
10: that's <laughs> that's, yeah. That, yeah. I was going to
9: say, I have a theory that it was just Michael playing the long game to have a forum to post, <laughs> his to his picture. A, <laughs> post a picture of his toenail. <laughs> oh, man.
2: That's, that's hilarious. Um, you guys do, and it's not coming up till the spring, an annual virtual run right yeah
9: we We did the virtual
2: live race it's good i participated last year i thought it was terrific you got it coming up again i assume
8: yeah, the plan is to uh, try and keep it annual. Um, we found we, a really great uh, me- uh, medallion, medallion. Yes, you right. did. A uh, place uh, that does nice, beautiful will- wooden medallions. We oh, call them medallions. Yeah. Just because The inside joke there is that one of us may not have realized that metal was short for medallion.
9: Oh. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and there is an entire episode with an epiphany about I that. someone... Right <laughs> realizing this,
2: I miss that, um, although I get a kick out of the folks who get the t and the d spelling yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah happens yeah. happens all the time yeah. So
3: yep,
8: yep.
2: <laughs> but yeah so, yes
8: we'll we'll have that coming up again,
2: yeah, we probably start
10: planning probably it after... in like
8: April, May again, yeah,
10: we usually start planning it in January, February, yep. yeah.
8: and the idea behind it uh is that we all run the same day uh with the same start time if we can try. Uh, so that we're all running together live, but virtually.
9: And and leading up to the race, I will make all kinds of claims that I'm going to blow it up on social media <laughs> and be really engaged with our listeners. And then I just disappear. And it's happened two years in a row. <laughs> Come to think of it. You, know, you did, <sighs> did you? Uh, it went
2: great. I thought it was neat. You had it on Zoom. and yep. That was terrific. I am we floored by the was- amount of
9: people. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a, floored by the amount of people that show yeah. up. Like, because I'm a kind of a numbers geek in that respect. So, like, we had over 100 people participate last time. It was like 26 states, three different countries. And I'm just thinking yeah. that we started this podcast to have something to do during the mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's no, crazy it. when you think of that. You know, yes. yeah.
2: Yeah, It's it is. It's, it's yeah, we didn't neat.
8: start this as a as a we were hoping for listeners, and then people just listen. Who
2: knew?
0: <laughs> what are these people doing? Why are they listening to me? Well, I I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, yeah, and I, and I I know we've been joking a lot tonight, but, but uh, I want to want to turn into the serious side for just a second. And I mean, I I think there's a commonality between your podcast and ours, and and all the others that are out there. But the one thing that makes you guys special. Is that I am always so impressed by the amount of time and effort that the four of you take to go to different races and cheer on your supporters or even just random strangers. And I think that's extremely admirable and you should be very proud of that. And I hope you keep doing that because... You know, it you know, wasn't until last minute when you know you guys told us that you know all four of you were coming out for burden hand. And then even though you used Philly as a catered training run, you know, Michael and Aaron, you know, you guys came out too, you know, to you know, and you know, even though you're cheering and getting you know, trying to figure out where the best cheesesteak is, um, you know, I know a couple of our listeners you know, got selfies with you during the race. And, you know, and here I am, you know, I could have been in Philly. I'm probably the closest out of any of us. And <laughs> yet yeah, I wasn't there, but the four of you were. And and I think that's really cool. And if you need something to know that the Will Run For podcast is really special, that's the reason.
2: That's a reason. Thank you. And then they're fun. <laughs> I, hope you've, I hope you've picked up on that this evening. Um, what's what's coming down the pike, guys? Anything new?
8: Uh not specifically actually um we'll be all at at marathon yeah, weekends i think as that's we'll, as pretty pretty we. the commonality between yeah. us right now is uh yeah. we'll have a big big contingent down there
2: yeah so yes, we, all, all seven of us will be there too
8: yeah you guys gonna have a meetup
2: yes we will we'll probably we've had a lot of success over there at um duckside margaritas because there's a lot of room to spill out yeah but, and we've also found Saturday to be a good day for us.
8: Yeah. So. We're, we're gonna be meeting up on Friday in Disney Springs I'll probably uh, over come by, by those food trucks. So if you guys want to come on by, yeah, we'll uh, swap meetups.
9: <laughs> I mean really, the only thing that I can think of that we have planned is we're gonna have some more inside the runner studio and we need folks to come on and be interviewed by us. So if you haven't if you haven't uh, done it, please just contact us and we'll get you scheduled. It's very low pressure. Yeah, it's fun, Um, guys. I, I joked about it earlier, but it is fun. And yeah, uh, we're
8: we're amazed, uh, I have to say, when we first started this, we we're like, Do you think we're gonna have enough listeners to be able to cover us for inside the <laughs> runner studios? And so far we haven't yeah. run out and we have no. uh, some more people lined up. So yeah, um, backlogging. Yeah. We also have some um shyer people who feel like they wouldn't be good on a oh runner studio. Oh my god, you said shyer
10: people and I thought hobbits. <laughs> <So did> I. <laughs> <So did> I. <laughs> One podcast like, to rule them all. Not, from, like not from the shire. Like, they weird. are
8: and on the shire sh- side of personality, and they think that they're not going to be good.
2: I got gotcha. you.
7: <laughs> also, here's the thing. When we started this podcast, and, and this is the running theme where I'm always trying to like sneak my way off of it. I was like, we can't do more than than every other week cuz I don't want to I don't want to record that often. And then all of a sudden it was, well we'll just throw some of these inside the runner studios things sporadically into the mix. <laughs> and now it's like hours of recording inside the runner studio and we have to have something every week. And it's me trying to negotiate, "Hey, can we take a week off like every other week?"
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, cuz cuz you do like we're doing here, you do a bunch of them and then you you put it oh, yeah, the in the runner yeah, studios, the yeah. studios
8: yeah. will do like five yeah. uh at a time so that yeah. way we we bunch them all up and then we you know the do our normal recording.
2: them out yeah. Yeah.
7: yeah 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 i can't do the marathon recording i don't i don't have it in me <laughs> marathon running barely marathon recording it's just it's too much <laughs>
2: very good and listen we're kind of kind of getting towards the end here uh we encourage our listeners to, to give you a try. We'll run for it. I know a lot of you are already listening. Um, if, uh, guys, if there was an episode you wanted to point to, to say, Hey, if you're going to try us out, listen to this one, or is there one or maybe a couple that you recommend? I guess for me, it was
10: the emotions of
2: running.
8: (laughs) We'll give you a warning on this one, though. This one was actually very very emotional emotional. when we talked about the emotions of running. uh, There was, we have been told stories. Yes, and we've been told uh, by several people that uh, they either had to stop driving, (laughs) they had to stop running, or they were crying down the side of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, Literally. Yeah. So it is actually a very emotional episode. Um,
2: yes. Yeah, it's, it's actually yes. a very recent one also, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. We just talk about really the, the challenges. I think the one thing about us is we're very real when we are not having a good time. So <laughs> you, know, you hear that a lot. Um, <laughs> yes. And so, yes. yeah, we talk about, about the struggle there.
2: Uh, yes. I the- remember on a long run and it's warm down here most of the year and it was hot long run. And I'm thinking guys, Please stop talking about puking. Please. Please stop it. I can't remember the specific episode, but I'm
5: going, I can't handle much more of it.
7: I don't remember a puking episode we do have and this is a lot of people's favorite we do have a chafing episode where we tell our worst chafing stories i
2: don't remember that you may not have used the word puking but you were talking about stomach distress and gi problems problems. stop it please stop
8: it (laughs) um yeah i would say the biggest compliment we get uh regularly is just that when you listen to us, it's like uh, chatting with your friends and we get a lot of like, you know, I talk to the radio when you guys uh, are talking. Uh, And I think that's one of our, our biggest compliments. So uh, I think that almost every episode kind of gives you that. So I think so too. I can't think of an episode off the top of my head that I would say stands out in my head, but definitely the emotions of running uh, was the most emotional (laughs) episode I've ever recorded um but i like i just am coming back from injury and it was a very hard road for me to be out from running uh we're as runners can relate when we're told we can't run it's it's a difficult trend, thing to go through so uh we just tried to be honest and talk a lot about that
2: yeah and it's a good episode i did hear, i heard i don't know if i caught the very end or not but i heard almost all of it so there you are friend if you want to listen once you're done listening to this episode of rise and run if you want to listen to another episode that you can talk back to another podcast you can talk back to join our friends tom diana michael and aaron at will run for i promise you'll have fun guys uh great having you here this evening love listening to the podcast look forward to seeing you in just a couple weeks now yes yay yeah, uh, don't remind me <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Always fun. Always fun dealing, talking, meeting up with our friends that we'll run for. So, upcoming, our friends Kristen and Devin will be with us next week. You remember they were back, they were with us, uh, oh, a couple of weeks back, a couple of months back now, and they're here to talk about, they'll be here to talk about nutrition and training. We'll... Make a post on Facebook. If you got a question in either of those areas for Kristen and or Devin, we'll try to get to those.
0: Yeah, we're really, really excited to have both those ladies back on. And if you do have questions for them, I mean, obviously, they're very gracious ladies. I know they'll be able to answer any questions you may have. The idea that we have for this episode is we want to pick their brains about how to handle nutrition and recovery and training as it relates to actually being down in Disney for a run Disney weekend. So like, if you have questions about what are some of the best places to have, you know, my pre-race meal or something like that, or what time, you know, what time should I go to bed or what can I do as active recovery to save my legs? Questions like that. If you have those, make sure you send them to us via Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be sure to ask the ladies next week, because I know both of them will be down there for Marathon Weekend, and I think it's be really valuable information.
2: Great. We'll get those posts up, hopefully, by the time this episode airs. We're also going to visit one more time before Marathon Weekend with Coach Jeff Galloway. Let's see what Jeff has to offer in terms of strategy for running during the weekend, and maybe just a good old-fashioned Jeff Galloway pep talk. We look forward to hearing from Jeff. He's always gracious with his time and always willing to help us out. Okay, my friends, that's what's coming up. But right now, it's time for the race report. (laughs) Consider poor Danielle. Danielle has a curse that has followed her for 42 years. The joke in the family is that if somebody food is going to be wrong or left out at the restaurant, it's going to be hers. If the doctor's office skips somebody on the waiting list, it's going to be her. If a host from the rise and run podcast leaves out the name of someone who raced during the week, it's going to be Danielle. (laughs) And we left Danielle out last week. For the first time in 61 episodes, I forgot somebody. I think I may have done it before. I don't know. (laughs) But, Danielle, I I feel bad we left you out. The Turkey Trot 8K in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Danielle finished that one. Hopefully, Danielle, I have now lifted the curse. Let's see if that works. Also, last week, and this one I didn't forget, but I can forgive. Lisa. Lisa did a Turkey Day 50K. And it was a virtual. She did it out of her house. It took a while for her to post about it, but I'm going to go back. I don't want to omit this because that's such a big deal. Let me tell you, I'm going to to take this right from Lisa's post. I'm so thankful for the support of my family and friends. I'm humbled by how much people donated. She did this for a charity. Golly, I wish I remember what the charity was. I didn't write it down. I do not recommend saying you will run 50K to raise money without first training for a 50K. Good advice. Good advice, Lisa. I do recommend knowing the elevation gain of your route before you run it. Jack, I know you're not here tonight. Are you listening? And finally, Lisa says, if you plan to change outfits mid-run, which she did six or seven times, I do not recommend changing your compression socks. I can understand that. They're tough to get off and on normally. I can't imagine doing it in the middle of a virtual 50K. All right, let's take on this week's race report. Look at the weekend. Over the weekend, the Ragnar Trail Rally here in Alafia or Alafia, Florida. I I should know how to pronounce that, but I don't. Uh, Our buddy Mark did that one. Hey, if you get a chance, check out Mark's group post in Facebook for some information he has on a logotherapy workshop. He's holding this Friday from 12 to 1. I'd tell you more about it, but I don't know much about that. Uh, Check out Mark's post if that sounds interesting to you. But good job on the Ragnar Trail Rally, Mark. On Saturday in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, The Rehoboth Seashore Marathon, Michelle ran the half,
0: and our very own Greg did the full. Greg, how'd it go? Um, It was an experience in the half. Um, Like I mentioned last week, um, with my customized schedule from Coach Twiggs, uh, he was able to mix some things up for me because I was really... Really interested in this idea of a catered training run because I know when I did my goofy uh, simulations last year, I just remember being bored to tears during that last long training run. So why not help get course support and and everything like that? So I wanted to research uh, a race that I could do that would you know coincide with the training. My first initial thought was to do the Philadelphia Marathon, uh, which was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And when I pitched that to Coach Twiggs, he said, sure, you can do that. But then two weeks later, I'm going to make you run 29 miles. And I had no interest in doing (laughs) that. So I went down to Rehoboth Beach, which is actually the beach uh, where my family and I actually vacation at uh, each summer. We absolutely love it down there. So. Uh, I just thought it was very serendipitous uh, to be able to find a race down there in a weekend, you know, close enough to the Dopey Simulation. Yeah, lucky too. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But uh, just to to give a brief recap um, of this race, Uh, you got to run in downtown Rehoboth, which I love. Lots of cute and quaint mom and pop shops. It's not overly commercial, which is one of the reasons why I, I absolutely love Rehoboth. Uh, but then you also got to run on the boardwalk which is only a mile long but um that was mile 2 to 3 in the race so that was really fun and then a lot of it is actually uh spent in uh Cape Henlopen State Park um which you know stretches all throughout the coastline there so so that was a lot of fun um but checking my weather app uh leading up to the race you know there was in the forecast uh to be some rain so i was trying to you know, mentally prep for that. But, uh, right before the race started, I checked my weather app and it said it was going to start drizzling, uh, a couple of minutes after uh race start, but then by about nine o'clock, um, it should be done. Well, the rain came around mile three and I thought, okay, I only have to deal with this for, you know, two hours and I'll be good. The rain did not stop until mile 25 and a half. (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have never been more wet in my life. So, um, but, you know, the the one thing that I said to my wife and I I was telling you guys and I was telling Coach Twigs as well, too, is having to deal with those conditions, I think, was probably some of the best mental training I could have ever gotten because, now, obviously heat's a different story but with all the elements that i had to deal with if i can do that i can deal with anything uh so you know silver lining in all of that rain and wind and everything like that but um there's a few other things i wanted to highlight uh around mile i want to say five um I was leapfrogging with this one woman who was also doing intervals, but I think she was doing like one minute run or one minute, 25 second run. And then like a 20 second walk or something like that. But even though I was doing fifteen thirties, I somehow was able to, to catch up with her. And then, you know, she just made a passing comment to me and we got to just talking really briefly. And all of a sudden she was like, is this your your first uh, marathon? And I said, "Well, no, this is my second, but I'm actually using this as a training run for Dopey." And she literally stopped dead in her tracks. Her name was Sarah, and she's like, "We need to talk." She <laughs> shut off her interval timer, and we ran the rest of the race together. Uh, so you know, I like to say, you know, how John was my guardian angel during the you know the marathon down at Disney. For this race, Sarah was definitely my angel for for this race. Um, you know, so in learning about her, her beautiful family, uh, you know, hearing about uh she's a pastor, uh also come to learn that she is very familiar with the Galloway method. She knows Chris Twiggs, and mm-hmm. she actually used to run the Galloway training program in Pittsburgh. Oh. Uh apparently uh they don't have one anymore. Uh, but she said that you know, in running with me, she was very, very inspired to want to get that going again. Uh, so I, I thought that was really cool. so I, you know I made sure that we got a picture together and you know and, and send it off to Chris and everything like that. So it was really, really nice having a friend to run with. is,
2: is she uh, is she now a rise and run podcast listener? Uh, I have
0: invited her to the Facebook group. I'm not exactly sure if she has joined yet, but i'll I'll make sure that that uh, I reach out to her to make sure that that definitely does happen. But during this race, uh, I mean grant, not only was it my first race where it's ever rained on me. Uh, but this was actually the first race where I got lost. <laughs> no. These are yeah. two
1: of my nightmares. Like it yeah. ring on me all the time, and then I get lost. <laughs> yeah,
0: so the, the situation was is that it was an out and uh one of the, the, the we split off from the half, and that's when we were in, in the state park, and it was essentially an out and back. And so I'm on my way back, but I learned very early on that I was one of the last marathon runners. And it came to a point where, you know, occasionally there was an arrow pointing, but we got to this turning point and there was no arrow and there was one, and there was somebody on our left-hand side coming, what, heading down this hill. So I was like, oh, okay, if this person's heading down, then that means I need, I need to go that way because that's the out and back. So we, we take that route we actually ended up running by an aid station and nobody said to us hey you're going the wrong way <laughs> it wasn't until we actually came across another woman who we had passed earlier in the race and said i think you're going the wrong way because you guys were ahead of us and i was like oh crap uh... so we turned around i i want to say we i probably added on an extra quarter of a mile that's not um, too bad yeah. To the race and everything like that. So that made things a little apprehensive at times and, and all that jazz, but it all worked out. Greg. Yeah. You're at an ultra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I just did. Um, but then I will say the most difficult part of the race and, and Grant, I, I know mile 20 is always synonymous with hitting the wall. Um, but, and, and mentally, I never hit the wall, but mile 20 to 25 was atrocious because we were in another part, another state park. It was on an unpaved uh, trail. And because of the elements there were just these massive puddles and loads of mud and there was just no way of you know getting around it and i just i made you know the conscious decision in that moment that i'm not i'm not screwing things up for dopey mm-hmm. so i mean at that point i was grinning and i was like nope i'm just walking this thing so essentially walked 20 to 25, and then once I was back on as I like to call it solid ground, um, then I went back to Gwinning um to finish out the race. So that was not fun. I mean, I've never been more wet. My even though I was avoiding puddles as best I could, I mean, I wore two pairs of socks and it was still I was just still drenched to the toe. Um but you know, came across the finish line. There was a seven hour cutoff. I beat the cutoff by twelve minutes. All right. Um. So I was happy with that. You know, kind of crazy. At one point, I went from a pace of going to PR by twenty minutes to finishing the course with uh, twelve minutes to spare. So, but again, it's, it was just a cater training run, so I'm okay with right. that. Right. Good but job. I do want to offer some advice to to listeners in closing uh, about my race experience. And that is, I think the idea of a catered training run is a really, really good idea. That being said, I would recommend that if you are going to do this, find a race that is of a bigger size. Okay, gotcha. This race only had about 3,000 runners. Over 2,000 of them were running the half marathon. And I think there was only a couple hundred of us running the full and a majority of those people were pretty darn speedy. Uh. You know, so there, there was a sizable gap between a majority of the runners and then us back of the Packers. So thank God I had Sarah with me because if not, I would have been in the exact same predicament that I was during my goofy training. Only difference is I'm getting a medal at the end of it. So, look for a bigger race. So that way there's more runners around you. Maybe there's more spectators. Maybe there's a little bit more fueling options and and everything like that. Um, So again, I think it's a wonderful idea, but just make sure that you can get the full experience to help keep you motivated. But um, even though the conditions were terrible, I am still glad that I did it. I think I will do this race weekend again, but I think I'll do the half marathon as opposed to the full, because you don't have to worry about those trails. You know, I kind of felt like Jack in a sense where I was, I, I knew I was going to be going through the state park, but I figured it was going to be all paved trails and it clearly was not. So, you know, I, I should have done my homework a little bit better on that, but um, yeah, but my last dopey simulation is done and now I get a month long taper and I'm really looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. And and you want the other people around so they can say, Hey, You're going the wrong way.
0: Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Greg, thanks. Uh, Let's move a little further south in a little warmer and drier conditions. The OUC Half Marathon and Barney Butter Lake Eola 5K in Orlando, Florida. This is a big event in this part of the country. we got several people running it. I'll go through those in just a minute. But first... Let's get to our Race Report Spotlight for the evening. And Jason is here with us. Jason, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast.
11: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
2: Ah, we're, we're delighted you joined us. Uh, audio podcast, of course. Jason is sitting at his home right outside of Disney World in front of a really, really sharp-looking wall that he hand-painted that looks like uh, Spaceship Earth. It's pretty cool, Jason. Thank you. It was a how, long long that, how long did that take? It took five weeks.
11: Oh my goodness! We learned about this during the pandemic and started painting okay. as soon as we
2: closed on our house. <laughs> well, it's a it's a great job, uh, but that's not why we're here, Jason. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, let's start talking a little bit about running in general. Tell us a little about yourself and how you got started in running. Sure,
11: I was never an athletic person ever. I hated anything athletic. We used to have to run the mile in junior high school every Friday and I just dreaded it. So I never expected to become a runner, but I got into running in 2015 when I met my wife. We met online and on her profile, she said that she was doing a challenge to run a hundred miles in a month. And I just thought that was really cool. And I was kind of in that place where i was trying to lose weight i was doing a weight loss challenge at work which i won and then i ended up getting weight nice. back but oh no. so she got me into running and um we did a 12k shortly after we met and then i ended up getting into the run disney races so my first run disney race was the mickey's jingle jungle 5k which was part of wine and dine in 2015. okay and then because uh, I used to do the 5K in the morning and then the half marathon that same night. And then uh, and then did the half marathon in January of 2016. And the rest is history. I did The rest is history. Yeah. Uh, Good deal. I Hulk said, I and, I've... and uh, you yeah. know all of them.
2: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I do. I do find it interesting. The various answers we get. I was never an athlete. You know, I ran track in college. We, we have a we run the gamut. That's very cool, thanks, Jason. Well, let's talk a little bit uh let's oh, no, let's start in Utah, okay? Now, I asked you to come here to talk about the OUC half, and we will talk about that, but it was just a week before that wasn't It was it one week or two weeks before that. It was just a week before Just a week. you were in Utah, and uh, you did something pretty cool. Why don't you tell us about it?
11: Yeah, so we were there for Thanksgiving, visiting my family, and we took a trip down to Moab in southern Utah, and we went down to Monument Valley, which is, of course, if you don't know the name of it, you you would recognize it. It's in all the movies and tons of commercials, but... Most recently and most iconically, in my opinion, it was in Forrest Gump. And that is where Forrest Gump stopped running. Yeah. So we were driving to Monument Valley, and they have a Forrest Gump point along the okay. road. Okay, And we pulled off on the side, and um, it turned out we pulled off in the wrong spot. So I got out of the car, and I ran the, west, the rest of the way to Forrest Gump <laughs> point. And um, it was just so cool to run there in this... Beautiful place that you've seen so many times and it's just unreal. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. It was so much fun.
2: I I, I was talking, I think even before you came on, I was talking with John and I said, I've only seen Forrest Gump once. I saw it in the theater when it came out and that was it. So when you talked about it, I knew the scene, I knew what you were talking about, but you posted the video to the Facebook group. And as soon as I saw the video, I went perfect. That's it. I know exactly. So yeah, it's still up there. listeners. I may do something to bring it back up to the top so you can see it. It's a great video of John doing his Forrest Gump going. I think he just kind of goes like, I'm done or something like
11: that. Yeah, I don't remember the line
2: exactly, but my wife actually photoshopped me into
11: the shot from the movie. Oh, boy. So you see Forrest Gump running with me just behind him and then the crowd of people back behind there. That's <laughs> you
2: need to put that up if you can. That's I'll beautiful. have to check.
11: I don't know if it was in their post before or not,
2: but that okay. yeah, was fun. All right, Nee. Well, that's a good one, and, and thanks for sharing that. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, tell us about OUC. How'd it go? Um, it went
11: pretty well. Uh, I was a little nervous going into it because I – like most people doing races right now in this podcast group, we're all doing catered training runs, right? Right. Because we're getting right. ready for marathon right. So that was part of my reasoning for signing up, was just to do a catered training run. Um, I had a selfish reason for signing up too. Is I, Bob, you know, it, it was my 24th marathon. I 24th, to, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. I wanted yeah, yeah. to get that done so that my 25th would be at Disney okay (laughs) so that's that's why i worked it into my training schedule um but it turned out the pace requirement was a little bit faster than disney's pace requirement yeah 15 minutes a mile so i knew i could do that pace um but i wasn't going to be able to take it just slow and oh yeah you couldn't do it at your training pace yeah so um i got a little nervous going into it but it turned out well um I thought the the course was nice. I've never done the race because I got sucked into the Space Coast Marathon and Half Marathon challenges that they do over there where you you do it for four years and you get all these challenge medals. That's right. I had never done this one because they're always a week apart. Um, So it was nice to finally do my, they call it the Orlando's Hometown Half Marathon. Um, and I enjoyed it. A, a lot of the course was going through neighborhoods where they had, you know, those huge old oak trees with the Spanish mosque. Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: nice. yeah. Nice
11: shade and they had great entertainment. Um, so, yeah, the whole race in, in general, I enjoyed. It's not my favorite, but I would I would do it again.
1: Did they have the Christmas lights set up around Lake Eola um, to start as well this year as they have in the past?
11: Yeah, they did. So, um, they were all on in the morning before they're, they're usually there. They're usually on during the turkey trout too, which we normally do, but we didn't do it this year. So that's always fun to see all those. Uh, unfortunately, they were turned off by the time i was done, but, uh, <laughs> I got to see them in the morning.
2: Well, weather cooperated for you. It was central Florida warm, but nothing crazy. And, uh, we had a bunch of folks here. Did you, you didn't run into anyone else from the, from the family, did you?
11: I didn't, and I, I clicked on everyone's profile that was on the race report. So I yeah, right, see, right, right, right. Well, what do they look like? I'll see if I,
2: I can yeah. identify
11: them, but I didn't see anybody.
2: But, but this is a big event, too. You've got a couple thousand runners there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was almost 3,000 and a half, and then the the
11: 5K started at the same time, and I don't know how many were in the 5K. So it was it was pretty crowded at the
2: start. Yeah, we. I know we only had... I know of only one person in our group in the 5K. Margaret ran the 5K. Um, She was in a costume, I'm sure. Yeah. In fact, she's already posted. I know she was. Uh, It does sound like a good one, but you're right. Our our running season, it sounds silly, but it's kind of short. It's kind of between November and February. So there are a lot of events that double up. And there's one next week I'd love to do over in cape canaveral that t-minus 10 that looks great oh, yeah
11: i just heard about it. i think that's yeah. new this year so i'd it like is. to do that at some point too and i still haven't done a, a big race out in the tampa bay area i did a 10k out there once but i haven't done any of the half marathons there.
2: you need there. to do gasparilla gasparilla is a great oh one. i'm
11: sorry i've done gasparilla
2: oh, okay okay twice. yeah saint pete has some great runs but anyway we die yeah. we digress jason when are you next back at disney What's, what's in the future for you? You already told us you wanted to do your next half at Disney. I know that.
11: Yep. So I'm doing Dopey. I did the fifth anniversary Dopey. And five years later, I'm back for the second
2: one. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal.
11: So I've got that and then the springtime surprise challenge. And okay. That's all I have on my calendar officially at this point.
2: You have Dopey on your calendar. You don't have to say that's all I have. That's enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's enough. Jason, great report. I'd like to hear about Utah and uh, OUC. I'd like to do it someday, but we'll have to see. Now, before we let you go, Allie's here. Allie has some rapid fire questions for you.
1: All right, Jason. So I think everybody knows that I'm I'm a Halloween gal, but as soon as it clicks over to December 1st, I turn into a Christmas gal. Okay. And so I Not love the December holidays. 1st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I have to celebrate all of fall. Okay. <laughs> um, So I'm a holidays person. I hope that you are, too, because I want to know, what's your favorite holiday to celebrate at Disney?
11: Christmas, for sure. I I love Christmas. It's always been my favorite. And no matter where you are at Disney, Christmas is amazing. Disneyland, Disney World, it's all great.
1: Oh, super cool. Um, And then this one, I normally ask a few questions, but I'm going to give you the ultimate question. I know this can change throughout our lives. But I want you to rank the parks from your least favorite to your most favorite.
11: The Disney World
1: parks. Yeah, the Disney World parks.
11: You said. Or from you could least- actually
1: you could add all of them if you <laughs> to add Disneyland in there too.
11: I'll rank the ones I've been to. So I've been to Disneyland and Paris and, and Florida. So Disney Studios Paris is not good. Um, <laughs> then I would say um, I love them all. California Adventure. But I love California Adventure, yeah. <laughs> okay. Animal Kingdom. Hollywood Studios is really rocking right now. Um, and then probably Magic Kingdom and then Epcot and then Disneyland and Disneyland Paris is my favorite.
1: Oh, wow. That was unexpected. I actually I love that answer. And I love I love knowing that you love all the parks. So and thank you yeah. for answering the rapid fire questions.
2: Yeah. Go Who's go your favorite? Who's your favorite child? No, never mind. I don't. I don't even know if you have. I don't even know if you have children. It's I don't
11: fair. have any, so I don't have to choose. Okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Jason, it's been fun. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us. I was happy to hear about the events, and I'm looking forward to seeing you, sir, in four weeks. It's just four weeks away. Ah. So the OUC half, also in addition to Jason, at the OUC half, we had uh, Danny. Jared, Lara, Kate, Yuyi, Ryan, Michael, and Mary. Margaret was also there coming off of the Space Coast Marathon, however. Margaret ran the 5K instead of the half. So nice job, everyone there in Orlando. That's one I think I need to do one of these days.
1: Done that one before and i know he said it wasn't one of his favorites but it was actually it's all it's kind of up there on my list i liked it
2: i I know it's pretty popular it gets a it gets a pretty good crowd as we as we said talking to uh talking to jason there so good event good event uh in carmel indiana our buddy jeff ran the glue vine gallop 5k chilly day they were all dressed warm i think they had some glue vine afterwards i believe uh i need to double check that the paris mountain road race in no 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 in greenville the paris mountain road race in greenville south carolina victoria ran the 10k there was a 20k and a 10k that weekend uh victoria says she's a longtime listener first time poster i haven't seen that before victoria i got a kick out of that one the, uh, this is known as the oldest toughest race in the South. I'm not going to argue. She had lots of family connection to the race, ran strong and placed in her age group. Good job, Victoria in Palm Harbor, Florida, the YMCA reindeer run five K Judy ran that one in Grays Lake, Illinois, the Coco classic five K through Santa's Rockin' lights kelly ran that the ted corbett 15k in central park new york doug ran that one on a rainy day had a strong race negative splits hit his goal pace nice job the walt disney world half is up next for doug see you there doug in fayetteville arkansas the fayetteville half marathon Lena ran that. Lena woke up and thought, hey, let's try a new run, walk, run interval that I have never practiced before on our race today. She, she didn't. Okay. But that was her first thought. She decided to trust the training and finish third in her age group again. I uh, got a nice plaque for that. I thought it was a nice award for finishing third at the Fayetteville half. When I said Fayetteville, I thought of our buddy Joe, but he wasn't there because he was busy at the Hearts of Gold 5K, where he finished second in his age group. Way to go, Joe. Moving on to Sunday, Rock and Roll San Antonio half, San Antonio, Texas. Amelia and Jennifer ran that one. It was Amelia's first half. So you know what that means, P.R., and actually, Amelia had a good run. She finished in about 210 and raised over $500 for St. Jude's, her charity for that race. Uh, Jennifer says, despite a misty rain, she had a great run. And there was a free pickle lady and a free beer guy. I don't know if they were related. I don't even know if they were standing
0: next oh to Oh, my me. God. A pickle post race sounds incredible. Oh, pickle lady oh, and man. a beer
2: guy. <laughs> I never I never had that at a race. I have had them at a bicycle event, but never at a race.
1: You know, pickles. we'll know if friend Disney's listening to us. Pickles in the snack box. <laughs> pickles after. in the box,
2: yeah. Instead of the cheese, we have pickles. But no, it's um, got to be a
0: dill pickle. Don't get don't bring that oh, bread yeah, and yeah, butter yeah, yeah, in yeah, here. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be a dill. it'd it yeah, it
2: have, it have to be. I agree with that 100%. In Sacramento, California, the California International Marathon, Jeff ran that one in Northampton, Mass. The hot chocolate run 5k jen ran that one ali did you know that
1: my buddy jen
2: your buddy jen yeah good
1: job jen you're doing the training yeah. i'm proud of you i'll see you in january
2: sure, yeah uh margaret again our friend margaret from central florida ran the be well cast member 5k at disney world's animal kingdom uh, margaret has a cast member friend which allows her to get into this run she's done i think I think she said this was her second one. It runs throughout the Animal Kingdom Park. It actually sounded kind of nice. There's a post race race party in Dino Land. This is this is ten consecutive weekends on the race report for Margaret. So she's really killing it.
1: Wow, we have some 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 kind of award for people that are on the
0: race report. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John gives him we're, a we're just like Saturday Night Live. John gives him a jacket. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, getting close to wrapping up here. Veronica. Veronica ran the 25th annual Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital run for tomorrow in Weston, Florida. She ran it as a catered training run at a very nice training pace. And congratulations, Veronica. That's the longest title of any race this week. uh our friend Pamela of the Council of Costumes, Pamela and her husband, ran the Ugly Sweater 5K in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. A fun night at a dinner, a raffle, but I tell you, her sweater wasn't all that ugly. I mean, they, they, you know, it didn't look that bad. Uh, the last race on the race report, the Tinsel Trot at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. Kelly did that one. She is working on her pace for future Walt Disney World runs. Did a great job here. Her best 5K pace yet. Way to go, Kelly. We look forward to seeing you at future Disney runs. That wraps up the race report for the week, my friends. There is no Zoom this week. Our Zoom get-together, our next Zoom to get-together will be next week, December 15th. I recorded the last one and it seemed to go over pretty well. I put it on Facebook. I think I got a pretty positive reaction to that one. And uh, I think we'll do that again this week. We'll record it and play it back on Facebook. All right. Episode 61 draws to a close. One week closer to the big event in January. My friends, and if you run, you know you are our friends. We look forward to seeing you soon. We hope your training is going well. Got a big one coming up. Until we meet again, happy running.
0: The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.